Well, this morning I want to start you off with a little story that happened just very recently. Uh, Amos and I were doing some scheduled maintenance on one of our cars. We were changing the oil and changing the coolant and all those things. And uh, we got in the car to take it for a little test drive, make sure everything was working good. And as we're on our way back home, he asked, okay, Dad, can we now go inside and can we play together? And uh, as much as I love playing with my son Amos... I told him, no, uh, Amanda and I had already planned to go out on a date that night. And so I told him, no, we couldn't play. We couldn't play right now. I needed to get cleaned up and get ready for my date with mommy. And he was really disappointed. He, was, he said, just why, why can't we play? Why do you have to go on a date with mommy? And he's only five, but he acts like a teenager sometimes. He was just, ugh, just couldn't even right now. And so I explained to him, I said, son, when you're a daddy... You've got to take care of your girl, you know, and so you take your girl on a date from time to time and you spend time with her. So I explained this to him and he, he stopped and he thought about this for a minute and he said, I need to take mommy out on a date. <laughs> and so he wanted to take her out on a date all on his own and I thought, hey, this is a great idea. And so we go back, we get home, we go back inside and Amos asked Amanda out for breakfast the next morning. And uh, let me tell you, he was so excited about this. All on, he's five years old, all on his own. He gets up early the next day. He gets showered and cleaned up. And he asked me to help him get some nice clothes to put on. And so I pick out some really nice clothes and help him get dressed. And I spray a little cologne on him. And I, I give him some money. And I, I say, okay, son, um, we got to talk about what, what is your job? What, what do you do when you go on a date? And I said, okay, here, here's what you got to do. You got to hold the door for your girl. I gave him some money, like I said, and I said, you got to pay for your girl's meal. And we talked about how to compliment your girl and tell her that she's beautiful. And he took it seriously. He was, he was taking it all in. He's like, okay, okay, I got this. I got this. Let me tell you, he, they had a great time together. And he made me so proud as a perfect gentleman on a date with his bride. There he is holding the door for her, and there he is with a plate full of breakfast food he's so excited about. It was great, you know, but have you ever done something like this with your child? You know, it, it's cute and it's a good experience for the parent and the child. But you know, when this came up, Amanda and I, we knew this was going to be important. It was important because it was more than just them going on a pretend date. It was practice for the future. Okay, it was a perfect opportunity to communicate the, some of the values that we have and that we want our sons to have as, as Sullivans. You know, one of the values that Amanda and I have is we want and we want to have for Amos. We want him to have a value to take care of and to cherish his future bride, to take care of his girl. And it, it sounds sweet and it sounds cute right now, but what we're really hoping is that this will translate into a marriage that will always endure, that will be full of joy and will last far into the future. Let me tell you, it is the values, it's the values that we have and that we live out that focus our lives and give us direction. That's what we want to talk about today. We all have values in our lives. Whether stated or unstated, whether real or aspired to, what we value gives our lives direction. Whether stated or unstated, real or aspired to, what we value gives our lives direction. We're in our series right now called The Core, and um, 
with just like a good, good workout spends time focusing on your core, or an athlete spends time working on the fundamentals of his game, we're spending a few weeks examining the foundational principles of our lives. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on workout because I don't have an, uh, abs. You know, I've got the old joke, the one ab, and I'm happy with that. That's okay. But uh, if I make it a little smaller, I'd be happy. But um, it's good to get back to the basics from time to time, you know, and make sure that all areas of our lives are in proper alignment. Last week, Pastor Gary did a great job talking about our beliefs, and as Christ followers, we can boil everything down when it comes to our beliefs. We can boil everything down to the creed that Paul communicated in 1 Corinthians 15. He said, essentially, he says, Christ died for our sins. He was buried. He was raised from the dead, and he was seen alive. It's this belief that unites all of us as Christ followers. These are the essentials of our faith. It unites us all. Our faith is built upon the truths presented in this creed. And today, what I would like to do is build on top of that, build on top of what we talked about last week, and talk about the values that we have in our lives. Because beliefs and values are not the same thing. Our values are birthed out of, they come from our beliefs, but they're not the same thing. Our values are what we deem most important in life, and it is our values that focus our lives on how to live out our beliefs. It's our values that focus our lives on how to live out our beliefs. God bless you, sir. <laughs> they should be things that you're passionate about. They should be things that you have gifts in and that God expresses his character through. Now, every single person in this room and every single value, or I mean, every single uh, family represented in this room have a value system. You may have never thought about it before, but you do value some things over other things. And I believe it's important for us to take some time and to clearly articulate what our values are, both individually and as a family. Because clearly articulated values bring focus to our lives and help us be who God has created us to be. Clearly articulated values bring focus to our lives and help us be who God created us to be. Ephesians 2.10 says, for we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things that he planned for us long ago. Yes, we are God's masterpiece. Individually, each one of us, we're not all the same, but each one of us, God has created as a masterpiece. We share the same belief in Christ, but God has created you to uniquely glorify him. And as you value these attributes that God has put inside of you, they can shape and they can direct your life. You see, some may value justice, while others value grace. Some may value ministry to children, while others value ministry to older adults. But God gives you passions and abilities that are different for each person. And these things can direct every decision that you make and help you know how to live out your faith every day. Knowing your values give you direction. Knowing your values gives you direction. I always like to talk about superheroes. 
and uh, Superman knows who his values are. They, they, they know, they know, he knows what his values are. He values truth, justice, and the American way. And so everything Superman does is all about aligning himself with those values, doing what's true, what's just, and supporting the American way. When Amos went on his date with Amanda, we were able to talk about what are some of our family values, the Sullivan family values. And we also talked with all our boys about what it means to be a Sullivan. We talk about that Sullivans are hard workers and that we're good friends. We always tell the truth and we stand up for what's right. A while back, I found this. I found our, our Sullivan family crest from like a thousand years ago. It's crazy. And I didn't realize this at the time, but the different pictures that you see on a family crest, they represent different values of that house. Every family from like European descent had a different family crest and stood for different values. I could go through and I could tell you each, what each picture means. But I want to encourage you, if you're like me of European descent, you can actually go and look up what your family crest is and you can find out historically what your family values are. And if you're trying to determine what your family values should be, maybe that's a good place to start. Because it's easier to know what to do when you know what your values are. It's easier to know what to do when you know what your values are. So knowing your values also is a key ingredient in making meaningful, deep relationships. What you'll find is this. You'll find that the people you get along with best are people with whom you share similar values. Now, not just beliefs, not just sharing beliefs, but sharing values. See, in a church, see, just like here today, we got a lot of folks here, and we all share the same belief in Jesus. We believe that he died for our sins, that he rose again, that he, was, he is alive today. But you aren't going to have the same kind of relationships with every single person in this room. You're going to have some people who you are closer with in relationship with others. The people you'll find the deepest relationships are, are those with whom you share similar values. It, it's like you just fit together. It's like the, the relationship is it, just easy. It just works. Now at Crossroads, we have groups of people who gather together with similar value systems and work to kind of develop these kind of relationships that we're talking about. And that happens in life groups. Jason talked about it a little bit today. I just want to keep telling you, you need to be a part of a life group. You are built for relationships and you need godly relationships in your life. Right now, we're launching that next season of Life Groups, and signups are happening right now, and we want everyone who calls Crossroads home to be a part of a Life Group. Everyone. It is an essential component to your Christian experience. In fact, watch this video. It's an opportunity to get closer together uh, with other members of the church and grow together spiritually and relationally. To know someone on more than just the surface hello and have some depth to it. Um, and doing, just like the name says, life group, doing life with people. I can relate to a lot of what the other people are saying. So uh, it's, it's really neat to be able to uh, talk with people and see that some people have some of the same situations that you have. It's, it's, it does a number of different things that you can relate to, as well as the main thing, uh, Christ. I've been in life groups where 
you've never met this person before and they become a lifelong friend. It's given our family, um, family friends, it's given our children the opportunity to meet other kids in the church that they may not have met before. So um, besides the opportunity to meet those people, it's an opportunity to grow as a believer alongside other believers and be able to kind of share that, that journey together. You should join a life group because that's where life happens in the church. You get to open up. I mean, you get to share. You get to find out more about uh, the people in your life group. Um, you find out that people are a lot like you. Without people in your life, you can't do life. And the uh, same thing with, if you have children, the same thing with your children. Your children need a companion that's gonna be alongside with them that believe the same way they believe. It's an awesome way to connect with other believers and um, grow spiritually. It also is where, um, it's where the most important work I think of a church can happen. Supporting one another, praying for one another, um, believing for and celebrating one another. You just wanna, you wanna talk, you wanna chat, you wanna reveal something intimate, whatever it is. Um, that's helping others. That's helping yourself. As I said, you already have a value system in your life and for your family, but you may not know what it is. You already value some things over others. What we need to do is we need to determine what are the values that we're already living out by examining our lives. Because how, how we live will reflect the actual values that we are currently living out. Now, I'll be honest with you, th this takes a little bit of time. This takes a little bit of energy. It takes some deep and honest introspection. You've got to stop. You've got to kind of take a pause and say, okay, I'm going to look at my life. What, what are things I'm doing in my life? Where are my values? And I, you need to know what your values are right now because what you may find is that some of your actual values that you're living out don't really align with the values that you want to have. You may find that maybe you're more selfish than you realize. And while you want to value others, you really just value yourself. You might say, well, I value truth. But when the truth is costly, maybe you're willing to make compromises. Now, if you've not given it much thought to what your values are, you may find that the things you're valuing in your life are really just things that are easy and selfish, and maybe don't honor God. You may find that the person that you want to be is not the person you really are. Maybe those things are different. And when we examine our lives, we're not talking about the occasional slip into sin. What we're talking about are what are the consistent tendencies in your life. And when we look at those, those consistent tendencies reveal what the values you are living out are right now. And it's important to take an honest look at yourself and to ask, okay, what do you value? You may not like some of the things you're valuing right now, but that's okay because this is just a starting point. If you were to look at your life and say, well, here are the things I value and I don't really like them, but I'm not going to do anything about it. Well, that would be a problem. But if you look at the things and you say, well, here are the things, and I'm not really happy about these, and then you work to do something about it, then it, it's okay. Don't get down. Just realize you're at your starting point. If you have never considered what your values are, then you can't expect to be perfectly living with purpose right now. But you need to know where you are right now. 
And then you need to determine what, what your values should be. And when you determine what your values should be, they need to come out of your faith. We said that you are God's masterpiece. We said that God made you. So how did he make you? How did God make you? What are some things that you get excited about in your faith? What are some aspects of God's character that you identify with? We carry the image of God. And so what are some things about his character that you get excited about? Be specific. You need to be specific. Boil it down to just a handful of things. You might be tempted to make every good thing a value, every good characteristic, every good thing as you think about what it means to be a Christ follower. You might be tempted to make every good thing a value. But that's as bad as having no clearly articulated set of values. Because if you value everything, then you really don't value anything. What we're talking about is bringing focus to your life. This is about bringing focus. It's about what is your life going to be about? Because when you know who you are, when you know who God created you to be, and you know the values that direct your life, you can endure any circumstance and even make spiritual progress in the worst of conditions. Last week, Pastor talked about the meaningless divisions of the church. And this is when churches have small disagreements about beliefs that really aren't essential to our faith, and then they split up. You have many denominations and many different kinds of church just based on small disagreements about our beliefs. And we know that we need to stay united by clinging to Jesus and not becoming divided over small theological issues. But that's not to say there isn't legitimate reason to have different churches in a given area. The positive reason for having multiple churches in a given area is for them to focus on different aspects of ministry. Some churches, one church may, for instance, have a strong focus on the homeless, while another church in that same area may have a strong focus on men. Now, both are good, and you may prefer one to another but both are biblical. God gives each church direction with the values that they hold. Now, beliefs can be the same while values can be different. Here at Crossroads, we have a set of values that guide everything we do. They're how we have chosen to live the faith that we have in Jesus. Here at Crossroads, we value grace. We value that it covers us and we stand on it. Grace that never ignores truth, but his grace that is sufficient for us all. We value faith. We want to have big, bold, audacious faith. We feel like if it's too big for us, then it's just right for God. We value integrity. Now, this takes being intentional. It's being godly, honest. And it's being above reproach in all things. We also value simplicity. We know that the Holy Spirit's working on us every day. Individually, he's working on you every day. And sometimes that can be a lot to handle of working on the things the Holy Spirit is working on you. And what we want here at Crossroads is we want to focus on few things and be excellent in those important things. 
See, we want your, your part of being crossroads to, to be a, a blessing and not a burden. And that's why we don't do a million events. That's why we don't have an event every single day here at the church. It's because we ask ourselves the question to every event, what is the value in this event? And I want to tell you, that's why we're doing youth convention and youth ministry. That's why we're going. We've looked, we've asked the question, and we, we know that it's important for students to have moments, to have mile markers in their lives where they can get away from what's, what's ordinary in the day-to-day routine and they can have an encounter with God and they can, he can change them and he can radically transform them. Jason mentioned his son having a, a great experience. I can't tell, I've been doing this a long time, I can't tell you how many stories I can tell you of students who go on an event like this and, and they are never the same. And we want that for your student too. So you can sign up online. We value generosity. As a church, ridiculous, outrageous, overwhelming generosity. We want to be generous in every way. And that's why we give so much to missions as a church, both locally and globally. Missions is a value. Generosity is a value to us. And finally, we value excellence. It's easy to be mediocre. Excellence, it's hard. It takes effort. And so we choose excellence. These are the values we have at Crossroads. And and some of these things you could set as a value for yourself. And really, I would suspect that most of you already have some of these as a value, either individually or as a family. That's why you like it here at Crossroads. That's why you feel like you fit Maybe we haven't articulated or you haven't articulated it, but there was just something about it and you were like, man, I like it here. But I encourage you to take some time and articulate what your values are. But if that still sounds kind of hard, I want to read for you Proverbs 20, verse 5. He said, it says, though good advice lies deep within the heart, a person with, with understanding will draw it out. What's that talking about? It says most of the time, you already know what you need to do. Most of the time, you already know how you need to live your life and what decisions you need to make to honor God. God's written it on your heart. But what you need to do is you need to draw it out. We need to to understand who God made us to be, and we need to understand the hurting world around us. And then we can draw out the values that can direct our lives. So once you know what your values should be, then it's just a matter of adjusting our lives and bringing our lives into alignment with our values. I remember there was a time when Amanda and I had to decide if we were going we to live out our values or not. And we have some friends that went through just, just a messy divorce. It, it was a mess. And it it broke our hearts because it was such a mess. And through the proceedings, it it was decreed that the dad was required to have supervised visits with his daughter. And it, it wasn't too long after that that the daughter was having a, uh, an event at school where dads were invited to come and spend time with their kids. And normally, that, that's an easy thing, but it, it was not going to be an easy thing for this family to participate. Now, we love this family. We love the mom. We love the dad. We love the daughter. Even in their mess, we love them. And one of our family values is to be good friends. And so we had to decide if we were going to watch this 
messy situation play out from a distance? Or were we going to inject ourselves into the situation? Now, it, I'll tell you, I'll be the first one to tell you, it wasn't really our place to get involved. And, and it's risky to get involved, get in the middle of somebody else's business. But we decided to commit to our values. So what we did is we, we, we made a way, we did the work, and I took time off, and um, I went to the daughter's school, and, and I was the supervisor for the dad to attend the event. And I worked hard to be present and, and fulfill my court-ordered obligations, but we wanted to give the dad and the daughter a win because they needed a win. They needed each other. We wanted to do what we could do so they could have that win. Now, I don't tell you that story to pat ourselves on the back and, hey, look at us, we're doing so good. But what I'm telling you is this. Sometimes you know what could happen, how things could get messy, how things could be misinterpreted, how things, people could be offended. You know the, the what ifs. You know the dangers, but you have to decide, are we going to stay true to our values? Are we going to live them or are we just going to say that they're our values? I want to encourage you, we have to let our values guide our decisions. Then you'll know when you're actually being successful. You'll know if you're living the potential that God has put inside of you. You'll know if you're winning. As Christ followers, our success is not measured the same way as the world measures success. You know this. You know it's not the same Bank accounts and possessions, they don't define success. They're good, they're great, but they're not, they don't define success. Friends and popularity, they're, they're really good, they're even better, but they don't define success. Likes and views do not define success. They make us feel good, but they do not define success. God defines success for us. And we know what that looks like when we live with direction that glorifies him. God defines success for us. And we know what that looks like when we live with direction to glorify him. Success is using the gifts and the talents and the abilities God has given us to fulfill our full potential in every area of our life. It's living with godly purpose in our life. Look at 1 Corinthians 9. Don't you realize that in a race everyone runs? But only one person gets the prize. So run to win. I love that. All athletes are disciplined in their training. They do it to win a prize that will pay, uh, fade away. But we do it for an eternal prize. So I run with purpose in every step. I'm not just shadow boxing. I discipline my body like an athlete, training it to do what it should. Otherwise, I fear that after preaching to others, I myself might be disqualified. Let me tell you, knowing your values gives you purpose. L letting God define your values shows the path to success. And living those values is who God created you to be. This week, I challenge you to take some time and to write down what your family values are and what your individual values are. I want you to take some time. I want you to think about it. I want you to meditate on it. I want you to pray about it. And I want you to write down what you feel like God wants your purpose to be. This will be great. This will be a great benefit to you. 
It will help you know what to do when you don't know what to do. It will help you live with purpose. Today we've talked about what our values should be. But do you know the one thing that God values most is you. God loves you so much that he sent his son to die for you, to forgive you of your sins so that you could be made new. You could be given a fresh start. You could be adopted into God's family. 